Dimitri, welcome What's going on, back, brother? man. Another Friday, another Fitness Friday with Dimitri. You got it. Uh, Keeping we, you fit on a Friday, baby. <laughs> we had a lot of fun talking about the 20-year-olds and yep. that decade, uh, the last two Fridays, and then also the 30-year-olds and that decade, yep. learning that you know things are changing. Now we want to tackle the 40s. We want to learn and figure out what's going on with our bodies in our 40s. And I would say me just leaving the 40s and you're still midway through the 40s. You don't look like you left uh, the 40s. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You got a few uh, grays, but some you days I feel it. Uh, I've been told up. I've been told by ladies, don't touch the grays, leave the gray alone. But I haven't I like done grays. the coloring thing yet. We'll see what happens. I will honestly say that the 40s have been very dramatic years regarding physical and mental health. Yeah. We want to tackle the 40s, and obviously I want to share a little bit that's going on in your 40s, uh, 10 healthy habits to put in place by uh, your in your 40s. Uh, begin preventative health care, which is on like a constant theme. Turning 40 typically means taking proactive steps. Mm-hmm. Maintain a positive attitude. Sleep. Sleep, Sleep is big, very man. important. Exercise. Exercise always. is always going to be there. Eat more healthy foods. Your yep. diet is going to start to change dramatically. You're going to start to have to give up yep. certain and, things. And, and learn more about certain foods. For sure. Uh, drink more fluids. Yep. Get your finances in order because that's going to contribute to your health and mental state. And then maintain a healthy sex life. I like how you keep adding that in there. <laughs> it has My to be in be like, there. Did you go there to talk about sex or fitness? Like, what are you guys doing? It has to be in there because I think that these 20-year-olds in the 30s, they think that they're the rock stars and you know nothing's going to happen to them. Nothing's going to change. But you start letting go of your health, it's going to start affecting other things, which is including yeah. sex. And if you want a strong, powerful, intimate relationship with your spouse... Let's be real. There's so much temptation in the world. If you don't have that enjoyable experience, you will look elsewhere. Yeah. Where do you want to begin with this one, man? The 40-year-olds. I think we should begin with mindset because everything starts from mindset. I can sit here and talk about every trick and tip to do for training and eating. But when you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think about is, I'm not happy, you're done. There's something wrong there. So mindset's the first part to think about. I'm 43 Turning 44, April 25th. I look at life now so different. I look at life before my 20s, indestructible. Just competed, 21, winning shows. I can do anything. No stresses, no kids, no business. Life was good. 30s, you're planting seeds. You're building that, that plan for your lifestyle or you're not. 40s is, listen, you've already started the process. You're in the weeds. Assess. Look around you. Are you happy with your life? Are you not? What's not making you happy? What can you change? Who can you not hang around with? What are you hiding from? Because from 40 to 50, 50 is half a century, bro. That's and And I'm not trying to make people feel nervous or scared, but when you're 50, the percentage of time you have that you can make a margin of error keeps getting slower and smaller and smaller you can keep drinking and binging you can keep hiding from exercise that pain in your knee you can't keep putting it aside it's going to deteriorate tissue it's going to open up that wound more it's going to make that bone density worse 
So I think the first thing people should do in their 40s is the first thing people should do in their 20s. Get a piece of paper, sit down in a quiet room, intentionally block off half an hour to be with you in a pen and paper. That's where it should start from. You know what I've been doing lately, Dimitri? What? I've been purposely forgetting my phone in certain areas. So if I'm walking around the house, I purposely leave it where I just left to go somewhere else to do something else and not have my phone Mm -hmm. because we're so glued to it. And it's a distraction. It is a big distraction. Yeah. And having the phone with you, that's why I said paper and pen. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, no, I'd rather put it in my laptop so it's ready to go. A no. notebook. Guys, listen, moleskin. Everybody yeah. grew up on moleskins when we were younger. Yeah. Go on Amazon and order a moleskin and have that with the elastic band on it. Put a pen inside yeah. of it. Open it up and jot what you need to share. So they should, they should write down what they feel they're proud of and happy about and what they're not. Just Be put honest. a line down the middle and put a check in the no. What are you happy about with your life? What are you not happy about with your life? Second step is look at the areas you're not happy with and see if they will potentially get worse or better in the future. So if you're not happy with the fact that you don't have a lot of friends, okay, who gives a shit? It's not going to affect you as much. If you're not happy with the fact that your blood pressure is high, you're taking medication, you've been... Advised by your doctor, you have a fatty liver, you better take care of that. So then you got to look at yourself and tell yourself, why am I not making time for this? What am I hiding from? What is blocking me from exercise? Is it the fact that I don't know what to do? I can hire help. Is it the fact that I'm not able to because I do have blood pressure, back problem, a herniated disc. I have these issues. So what can I do to fix them? Okay. And then you start making a plan before you run. A lot of people will uh, uh, reactively wake up, I'm 40, I'm 45, screw it. You know what? I'm going to the gym today. They'll rush into stuff without a plan. 30 days later, they want to quit. They're out. Because they didn't know that weight training in your 40s affects your muscles differently. You don't heal the same. You don't grow the same. Your body requires different styles of exercise. Your body requires different types of nourishment and food. Not going in with a plan is going to sabotage yourself because it's going to come back to mindset. And if you're not getting results, you want to quit. So how do you get, I guess there's two different types of 40-year-olds. The ones that have been doing it since they were younger. Mm -hmm. And probably have slowed down a little bit from doing it and, mm-hmm. and maintaining exercise and a healthy life. Mm-hmm. And the ones that finally woke up and said, I can't continue this way and I'm just getting started. Those two, they're daunting, both of them. But how do you get that mindset so then they don't get discouraged? Because I can only assume someone who's never done it, never really done it, and then all of a sudden get into it is going to have a much harder time understanding the pain mm-hmm. that's associated with it versus the person who's kind of done and got back into it and go, holy, I remember when I was 20, man, I could push 225, no problem. I could barely do 100 now without struggling, right? How do you continue that mindset? Well, the person who's been doing it and who's still doing it, but maybe not the same intensity, they're doing it because they've gotten results. They've experienced the pleasure of high energy, physique, lifestyle. The people who are not don't know, and not N-O, but K-N-O-W. They don't know what it's like. They need data. 
This is where in your 40s, it's really cool where you can utilize a heart rate monitor, get an assessment done, look at watches, how many steps you're doing, all this, take data that we have today to help you make decisions moving forward. So easy things like, okay, I'm 43 years old, I'm listening to this podcast, I'm an electrician, I'm a plumber, I ain't going to go to a gym and train because I don't feel comfortable. Maybe they're saying that. So maybe instead of going to a gym, I'll reach out to a guy like Dimitri. There's different avenues. I'm going to look at reading or spending some more time learning myself. I'm going to take time to assess myself. And there's different forms of assessment. Your traditional one is hop on the scale, blood pressure, whatever. Your second one is performance. Can you do push-ups? Okay, time yourself. 60 seconds. Try to rep out 10, 15. Perfect. Next month, do the same thing. Did I get 20? I got five more. It's better. Fourth month, try it again. Oh my God, I'm at 30. You look back, you have data. You also look at the way your clothes are fitting because people wrap their minds over the scale. The scale. The scale's not The scale's moving. not a fair assessment no, at all. It's like, it's like when, you're, when your child has an issue in a school... My daughter, first year of high school, didn't do too well with math this year. Crushed every other year. Crushed all her other subjects. Am I going to sit down and tell her you're not going to be good in your career because your math score? No. No. So you got to look at data. You also got to look at the way you feel and your energy. And nobody, well, a small percentage of people, log it. I will, on my calendar, if there's days that I'm feeling miserable or are not feeling energetic or just not well, I'll put a sad face and I'll put the time period. From lunch till six, I felt horrible. I'm not sure why. You go back and you can look. It's okay. Usually on Wednesdays and Thursdays, my energy's low. Well, then that's a pattern. I'm going to put my workout on a Wednesday and Thursday. And then you can also ask people for their perception. Ask your spouse, have you seen any changes to me lately? Be honest. They may say, well, yeah, you've actually become an ass since you started working out. You're grumpier. <laughs> you're, you're, you're always angry because you have to do all the stuff. Boom, that's data. So when you can use data towards yourself, now you have guardrails. So if you're trying to start exercise, it's like trying to build a tree on a highway. There's cars moving back and forth every day and you're dodging shit. Work, responsibilities, kids, employees. So if you have data to, to assess, those little positives that you get will fuel you to go further. Without data, you don't know. Our clients wear heart rate monitors, the MyZone heart rate monitor. The ones that come in with ego say, oh, I don't need one. I've been training all my life. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, no problem. So how many calories do you burn per workout? Oh, I don't track that. I just, I work out, it's good. Okay. So what's your goal? I want to lose 25 pounds. Okay. How are we going to know what stimulus affected your body to burn the most caloric expenditure? How do we know which exercises kept you at a 90 or 80% heart rate versus 50 to 60? Well, I'll, I'll know because I'll know if I'm losing weight. Already, I know I have a client that's got baggage and doesn't want to learn. The, the, the words I know are the worst words in the world because the minute you say I know, your brain shuts off and doesn't want to think. 
It won't absorb anything new. It's it's a mindset. So I will, I am, I I shall. Those are words that are positive. So when you look at data and you look at your heart rate monitor, you'll notice that I did a whole workout. Okay, I burnt 500 calories. But then you'll look at, and I'll show you here. You'll look at different workouts. And what I'm doing here is I'm showing him a picture of my phone. And these are clients that are training. You see these different lines, different yeah. colors? Yeah. Well, this is Vula. She's got red, red, yellow, yellow, a little bit of green and blue. The red stands for 90% of effort. Yellow's 80. And then green is 70. And blue's less than that. So you look at the same girl. She had different workouts. And they're all different. This is based off the heart rate monitor? Yes. Okay. So where this is going to is if Manny's trying to lose 20 pounds and he loses 10 his first month and then he's stuck at the same 10, well, we look at your workout. We say, okay, from Monday to Thursday, we notice you're burning about 60 to 70% target heart rate. Look at this one, all red. Wow. Why don't we change your workout and have you slam a ball and skip rope after every circuit? And we'll do that for two minutes. Now you're burning more calories. You can visually see it that there's an increase in energy and expenditure. And then when you go step on the bloody scale, if you've gotten a result, it's from the data. So stick with the data. Dimitri, am I fair to assume professional athletes have been doing this for decades? Well, the, the data their, side. Their coaches have been helping them. Yeah. But maybe they haven't been the data side, but 100%. Because, the coaches have been doing it. Yeah. Because they need that as a baseline to yeah. figure out wh what to do, where to go. Yeah. Even when I used to swim in high school, my, my, I started shaving my body when I was 17, 18. And my friends would laugh at me in high school. I used to cycle all through my teenage years into my 20 and mm -hmm. I would shave my legs. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Because, yeah, no. you know, swimmers that wouldn't shave versus ones that would, it'll cut off your time. Yeah. And the, the, the traction of the water and you pulling yourself. So if you have data to look at, it gives you more motivation, confidence, the ability to project into the future because you have a lot of stuff to look at. Not just, oh, I didn't lose weight this month. Well, of course you didn't because you lost eight pounds of fat and you gained seven pounds of muscle. There's a difference. And everyone, for everybody who doesn't know, muscle weighs more than fat. Yeah. So we right? need data. Secondly, we need either a coach or a specific program or we need something that's been given to us. You're 40, man. This isn't your specialty. Don't make it be. Yeah. You could have did that in your 20s. You could have taken a personal training course while you're becoming an electrician, a plumber, whatever. You're 40 now. Don't be a macho man, macho woman. Get the advice of a professional and time collapse. So when I hire my business coach, he helps me collapse 12 months of stuff that would have taken me maybe 24 months to learn yeah. in yeah. three months. You hire a coach. So that doesn't mean go pay for a personal trainer, but get some assistance. Buy a program, go pay for an assessment, make a phone call with a coach, study someone, ask someone who has a coach, what are they doing? Get real advice, not get your advice. Is this more valuable with people in their 30s and 40s and older to understand their bodies better, not necessarily needed in their 20s? Big time, because you know what? Time is a factor. Okay. Time will destroy you. Especially in your 40s. And like we've said before, you blink the eye, you're 50 already. Of course. And I'll tell you a clear example why. I'm here doing a podcast with you. 
in the back of my head, I know that my kids are going to want to see me. Yeah. It's Sunday night. I do some of my client check-in calls. I got to do food prep. My wife wants quality time with me. So I got all this shit You're that's scheduling. building up. I'm scheduling. Now, if I don't prioritize and, and know that when I go to work out, I'm going to do A, B, C, D and done, it adds more anxiety. Because now you're going to do the workout and you don't know what to do. You're ready. You got a gun. You're going to the army. You don't know how to shoot. So you can't exchange bullets. So without something proper that's been given to you, you're stuck. So what makes our club so successful is we train people in small groups of six. Everyone in my studio gets training from the most basic to the most advanced client. And they get in a small group of six people. So I tell people, when you're coming here... You may be paying 150 bucks more than your regular gym, but the benefit is the time collapse we're going to give you. Yeah. Every time you come in, you got a coach to work with in a small group of six. So 40 to 50s, you also should be proud to put money aside, damn it, for your body. If you're so cheap and you're still that guy or girl who says, I don't need to invest, I don't need to listen I'm okay. You're done. You know you're gonna end up spending more money on medication yeah, later on, man. anyway. And so. you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna. To me, time is important because you're gonna waste time yes. doing the wrong things. I had a client last week say to me, "No, no, no. I know my program. I, I do cardio in the morning. I do a metabolic cardio at night. I do different inter." And I go to them, "What's your goal? Do you want to go to Tour de France or you want to lose fat?" Well, I want to lose fat. You're you're doing the wrong program. I'm sorry. And I had to be blunt because they weren't listening. But you explained to them why you're doing the wrong 100%. program. In your 40s, it's different. Do you get a lot of 40-year-olds coming in and talking to them? I'm assuming that it takes longer to yep. get to where they want to get it's, to. It's harder. It's, it's harder. longer because, again, your body's not the same. I'm 43, and I wake up now, and when it's cold outside, I feel the arthritis kicking in. Mm -hmm. And I'm a fit dude. My low back, I have a herniated T67. My, 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 my back, I have an issue in my left side. Knees. If I go on the sit down on the floor right now for a while and then I get up, I'll feel a bit of weirdness in my knees. I'm still strong. I'm still fit. But it's you're getting older. When you're training in your 40s, you got to start bringing into the, the play mobility, foam rolling, relaxation, stretching, yoga, all these different modalities that you don't care about in your 20s need to be primary here because I can't work out now unless I do five minutes of full warm-up to get me hot and then another five to eight minutes of movement preparation. Yeah, I didn't understand movement preparation when I was younger because I always thought that when I saw athletes doing it, oh, well, they have a specific sport. So before someone sprints, they do all these light physio movements to activate the hip flexors, the glutes, the hamstrings. So when you're at full sprint and you're putting all your effort into the running, the hamstrings won't be too tight and they won't you know, go in spasm. Same thing with people's upper extremities. They don't do movements to retract the spine, to activate the rhomboids, the traps. So when you're doing a bicep curl, you're not over-rotating and, and hurting your back in flexion position. Foam rolling is important. Using lacrosse balls. And man, you can put a lacrosse ball in your car. When I'm driving, 
I'll put a lacrosse ball in behind my seat and I'll sit back. Because you driving, want that curvature of your lower I, I, back. I want with the lacrosse ball, what you're doing is you're taking the ball to press against the muscle, which has is in spasm. Whenever people say my back hurts, unless it's a disc issue where in between the vertebrae, this disc is slightly protruding forward and it's touching something. It's touching a nerve. It's hitting something. That's where the pain comes from. That's that, that electricity pain. That burning yeah. pain is a nerve. But when people feel a numbness pain or they can't turn their body, that's just spasm. Yeah. It's a spider web that's got a bundle. So when you don't take a foam roller and massage that area and grind out that tight muscle, it compounds and gets tighter even more. And exercise makes it worse. <laughs> so people forget that as much as exercise is great because you build muscular strength, you're also making muscles tighter. So if people do, if you did sit-ups every day, like Rocky Balboa style, and you did 100 throughout the whole day versus me, and all I did was plank, yeah. and that's it, yeah. you would have back problems at of the course. end of the month. Of course. Because the rectus abdominis is getting tighter. You're shortening the length of the muscle fiber. Yeah. Versus me, that's doing a static position, that's flexing all muscles, spinal, oblique, glutes. So there's different styles of exercise. In the 40s, you're looking at total body workouts are your best bang for your buck. I was just about to ask you, are there exercises that you have to avoid in your 40s? Yeah, well, definitely anything behind the neck pull down, behind the neck pressing. Okay. Upright rows where your wrists are tight to the to as you row the bar up. Yeah. Olympic lifting, watch out for that. Yeah. CrossFit, careful man, like I admire CrossFit athletes because they are one of the strongest humans on the planet because they mix metabolic, calisthenic, and Olympic lifting. But CrossFit was designed for guys like me or firefighters or military people who are already fit. You don't take you're a trained. desk jockey you're, yeah, you're trained. and make him do a clean No, you press. don't. And you're, you're just suggesting not to do these because you're trying to avoid an In, injury. Because mobility, you're not mobile. Yeah. I have great mobility so I can do a snatch, a power clean. You take someone that sits at a desk all day and make them do a clean and press or a kettlebell swing, their body's not used to that load, right? But can a person in their 40s increase their mobility? Yes. But it takes time. It takes time. So you're looking at doing, typically if people have three hours a week, you want to look at phases of training. doesn't matter what body type you are, ecto, meso, endo, your first month would be a total body adaptation. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you do quads and chest superset, hamstring and back superset, shoulders and arms, and then you do your card and you're done. The next month you do a push-pull, which means you would shock the brain, shock the body, because it's waiting for you to do the same bloody movement. Yeah. And if you keep doing the same bloody movement, there's no change, no adaptation. So it recognizes it and it doesn't, doesn't do anything. Well, it, it recognizes it. It doesn't do anything because it's strong. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're not challenging. You've me. built it. What you do after a total body workout is you go to a push-pull style where you do quadriceps, chest, shoulders, triceps, and calves on one day. And the next day, hamstrings, back, bicep, forearm, traps. Now, an adult can go push-pull, day off. Push-pull, day off. Or even push, cardio, pull, cardio. So you can structure like that. The third phase would be you getting into an upper-lower split or a cross-training split. Because I don't like upper-lower training for people to begin with because 
There's too many muscle groups. If I trained you today and I made you do chest, back, shoulder, tricep, bicep, traps, you're going to be destroyed for yeah. two, three, four days. Yeah, for sure. It's not comfortable. And when people hire coaches or they follow workouts on YouTube that are too advanced for them, they get too sore. It sh turns them off. Mentally, they shut it down. I've had people quit my gym because they did a workout I made them do legs or a coach made them do something and they've never did it before. And maybe the coach said, okay, well, does this feel okay? And the client's like, it's, it's, it's okay. So because I said it's okay, they made them do more rounds or more reps of it. The next day, the lactic acid kicked in and the client doesn't get it's normal to feel sore. Yeah. Feeling sore is healthy because you've shocked your muscles. But because they were afraid of that, they quit. Meanwhile... They go to the next gym, the same shit's going to happen. You change the program up until if you go to a four to five month period, if you're sculpting your body, that's where you do chest and arm one day, back and tricep. But if people in their 40s and 50s are looking for general health, they should do full body movements or compound movements. I can do a squat and a shoulder press. Now I'm putting two movements together and hitting two big body parts. Also, you should look at standing. Always do stuff standing. Standing shoulder press, Balance. bent over row, lunges, squat, because we're sitting all day, damn yeah. it. Get yeah. off your feet. You don't want to be sitting doing a seated row, a seated extension, unless you got back pain. And this is where a good coach should construct and design a program, one based on body type, two based on age and muscular dysfunction, three or four on goal. Because if I'm trying to make it based on a goal you want and I don't fix the other areas or I don't watch out for them, I'm going to make you get injured. You're going to be too sore. If I give you a chest and bicep workout on day one and you're 40 pounds overweight, you will not be able to open your arm for five days. Yeah. And if you got a job that requires you to do labor, you're going to be cursing the coach. Are people, and I know the answer to this, but are people more fixated on their number that's associated with their weight over their body and how the body is growing? It's, it's a miseducation. It's 100%. So it's like you shouldn't be fixated on the, the weight number that's attached to your body. No. You should be fixated on how your body is reacting and how your body is looking and yeah. how you are feeling. And the composition. Yeah. So I have a female last week that I assessed. She came in. It's been 30 days. She came in at 135. I think she was like 29, 30%. In 30 days, she went from 135 to 40, 140. And the minute she got off the screen, we have an in-body scanner. Wicked scanner tells you all these stats. She started, I could tell from her facial expression, she was mad. And I was happy inside because I already knew. I saw the percentage. She wasn't paying attention. As soon as she saw 140, she turned around. She just looked at the number. And I waited. Her percent dropped by 2%. So then I said, what's up? You know, I'm not really happy. Why? Well, I came here to lose weight. And I don't know if maybe you have the wrong mindset because you're into building and bodybuilding. And, and I'm like, slow down, senora. Look at the number here. 29 to 27. She lost body fat and built muscle. muscle. So those five pounds are a gain of lean mass. I go to her, what do you want in your 40s? Do you want to have stronger traps? M muscle, legs? Like, muscle. You need more muscle. You want muscle. The more muscle you have, it's like taking 
a cranker and you're cranking your engine up. Yeah. And every month I'm increasing the speed of my RPMs. That's going to make you live longer and happier. And my mom, I put her on a, an eight-week program because she wouldn't believe it. She gained four pounds of muscle in eight weeks following a specific... She's at 74, bro. And which is really valuable. You yeah, need muscle. Man. Yes. So I've, if I could change her mentality, I can change clients' mentality. They got to look at the fact that training should always mean strength training. Yes. If a woman or a male says... Dimitri, I only have a half an hour a week. What do I do? Lift weights. Just focus on that. Lift weights because lifting weights will burn more calories, recruit more muscle fibers, increase energy systems in your body, strengthen tendons, ligaments, bones. Like we're getting older, guys. Let's please, you're 40. Remember, we're not talking 20s here. Yeah, I know. 40 to 50. And then if we're talking about 50s and 60 year olds, my God. That's for the next show. Squash. Pilates, tennis, all these spinning, yoga. When, they, when I meet people and they tell me all these things they're doing and they're not really into wanting to lift weights, I say, why? Oh, well, I don't want to bulk up. And I'm like, for you to bulk up, you know how much work you got to do? Exactly. It's not easy. Yeah. You don't just start working out and become a bodybuilder. But we need strength. You need the muscle. Yeah. At that age group, are there foods that you completely have to avoid? Because I keep having nightmares of being told by somebody one day that you can't eat jerk chicken or something like that. Like you're just being told. Fried foods don't are touch the ones anything. you got to watch out Fried. for. But that's so, constant, right? Like that's, yeah. you, you can get away with it in your 20s. You can maybe get away with it in your 30s. But in the 40s. 40s, no. You're built. Because remember, let's hope you're eating really clean. Yeah. Let's hope you don't have a family history of high cholesterol. So it's already building up in your arteries, that plaque buildup. Let's hope you weren't abusing yourself from 20 to 40. Because if you were, you already got cholesterol plaque buildup. Now you're still eating fried shit. Yeah. You're still eating processed foods. It's going to get worse. Red meats. I like to tell people, if you're not active and you're not lifting weights, you're not weight training, slow down and cut down. Not only because of the fact that red meats are going to give you more saturated fat. At the end of the day, red meat's fine, healthy for you. But the digestion time in breaking down red meat is longer. A steak, three ounces versus chicken breast, the steak may take four to five hours. Pork, three, two to three hours. Chicken, one to two hours. Egg whites, an hour, less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Protein powder, Greek yogurt. The more the red meat, the harder it is to digest. If you're not working out, you got no digestion. Your body's not breaking it down, right? And people typically... Well, red meats do have more fat as well. They got more creatine. They got more potassium and all. But sweets are another things they got to watch out for, especially the European eaters. Yeah, for sure. My Italian, Portuguese, and Greeks, they're used to waking up. A little cafe daqui, a little espresso, <laughs> a little, can I have my biscotti? Yeah. Can I have my... And it's crazy that in Italy and Greece and all these cultures... It works. But they have an active lifestyle there. Yeah, they're walking every day. They're yes. walking at night. If you yes. go to my, my village, even my wife's village in, in, in Calabria, at nighttime, everyone is walking down the street yep. to the piazza and coming back. Everyone. And you see people in their 80s and 70s are walking with a cane. Here, work, come home, sit, binge Netflix. I know. So we don't have that. 
What else in terms of foods? Alcohol consumption, you got to watch out for. You got to just reduce it? Well, you got to reduce it and, and watch the timing of it. If you're used to having a glass of wine every night with your dinner, okay, I get it. But if it's not a special occasion, why are you having alcohol for? Mm-hmm. Don't let your body adapt like training to alcohol because then you need more of the drug to feel it. Yeah. People who just get into smoking, that first drag or two, you get high, you, you inhale, feeling a little lightheaded. Then it's a habit. I eat a meal, I gotta have a cigarette. It's used to it. And now you're like, shit, I need a pack. Yeah. Some of the construction workers we meet, a pack and a half a day. I don't get it, but I think it's just a habit. I like, don't think it's crazy. They just want to do it for the sake of, okay, this is the little break and we'll have a break yep. and now I'll have a smoke. And before yep. I know it, a whole pack is done. And but I'm driving by Rutherford and I'm looking at their building, all kinds of bridges and stuff. And it's like minus 20, it's snow everywhere. And these guys still have the cigarette in their yeah. mouth talking. And it's like, but it's habit. Yeah. And now the body requires that nicotine. So with 40-year-olds, that group, some of them might be on medications. I'm going to be honest and say a lot of people are on medications. That's what I'm assuming. Now, it's that juggling act where they're being prescribed medication. The doctor's also probably saying you need to get more active and have exercise and eat better. Yeah, but you know what? Doctors are, I don't mean to say this in a bad way, man, but doctors are motivated by problems because one... They don't work out themselves. Yes. And there should be a status of when you become a doctor every year, you and your ass gets tested for cholesterol, diabetes, and the shit. I agree. Because I remember going to see my doctor and he was overweight and he wasn't fit. And he hated me coming because I kept breaking his balls (laughs) about fitness. I've always questioned my doctor for scripts, right? I was like, well, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to do it. They get money from prescribing medication. We we get the way the business is. They also are quick to disclose you out. Well, okay, Manny, you got to start training, okay? Make sure when I see you next time, instead of saying, okay, where do you live? Okay, Vaughn? Okay. Are there any... Let me Google right here with you. Let me spend two minutes to Google personal trainers and Vaughn. Okay, here's three guys. I want you to call them, and then the next two months, let me know how it's going. Yeah. Because they should know it's year after year after year. Nothing's changing. He's eating like shit. He's gaining weight. I got the stats and data to prove it. Now, I'm the one. It's my responsibility as a, as a doctor, forget a coach, to tell him and to professionally encourage him with a little bit of fear, saying, listen, if you come back to see me next time and it continues to get worse... I'm going to suggest you see another doctor because you're making me look bad. You're making me feel like I'm not helping you yeah. and you're not taking any of my advice. Yep. So now that's a, a ring for the person to either take action based on doctor's recommendation or continue. Do you inquire, the reason I was going down the, the pharmaceutical angle, do you inquire with your clients to kind of divulge what medication they may be on because it could affect their training, their exercising? Large. You have to. As soon as you they have to come be aware in with of the it, assessment, right? we go MHG, medical history goals. I don't care if I'm talking to someone overseas in Brazil and Japan. What's your medical background? When I say medical background, I start talking about heart, joints, bones, gut health, mental health. Mm-hmm. That's how I break it down. Because if I ask you, tell me about your medical background, you may only care about your blood pressure. Well, okay, your blood pressure's high. How about digestion? Oh, well, I can't eat foods, I get heartburn. Okay, how about pains? 
Oh, well, yeah, by the way, my back and my knee hurts. Okay, and how was your stress levels? I'm extremely depressed. So now I got to take that person with four challenges to work out, mm-hmm. to do food prep, to eat. So look how hard our job is as coaches. Yeah. So when you uncover the medical side, what medication are you on? A, B, C, D. Okay, I want you to do me a favor. If you want to train with me, I want you to get blood work. Why? I want data. You I want need to a know. baseline. I want to know if you're a male and you're going to train with me or you're going to do online coaching, what's your testosterone at? What's your, 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 bili- your, your liver enzymes at? What's your cholesterol at? What are all these small markers at? Why? Because in 90 days, I'm going to crush them. Yeah. And I want proof to myself to know that I've accomplished it. I also want you to have physical proof of milestones you've achieved. And I need you to know reality. I need you to sit down when you go home after tonight. And if you need to think about spending $4,000 for six months of coaching, but you got blood pressure medication, you're on diabetes medication, you're taking medication for your depression, your knees are hurting you, so you're taking all kinds of... For like, joints. Where's the, the, the mindset? Your body's dying slowly. You're afraid to spend money with the coach but you're willing to watch Super Bowl today and drink beer, beer and eat wings, shit all day. Fries. And all these things are preventative. And I was actually trying to get to, in a man's life, in their 40s, they start having ED, erectile dysfunction. So oh, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that, bro. That's like I'm massive. Just, I'm just saying. But I've also heard of guys in their 30s popping it because oh, yeah. they're so stressed out and oh, they're yeah. working. And all of a sudden they're like, listen, it's not working the way it used to work. Yep. So then they go see a doctor and a doctor, like we've already agreed on. Prescribe. Prescribe it, right? Obviously, that's not the best way to solve that problem. There's other underlining problems that are attached sure. to that. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, that's where for males, and they always say, if you don't train your lower body, you're not activating growth hormone levels, testosterone levels. You're not building the big ass muscles in the quad and the hamstrings. You're not generating the force you could be producing, but also you're not, your body was meant to move in those functional patterns. So when you're trying to generate your hips and produce love power when you're in bed, you ain't going to have it. Yeah. Your body is not being, our bodies should on a daily basis be put on a treadmill, a bike, something to get that heart rate high where you're talking like this and you can't really have a conversation. Everyone knows that if you can keep a conversation during a workout, you're at 60%, 65. You're not pushing. The minute you go to higher levels, you can't keep a conversation because you need more oxygen. Without getting the heart and lungs pumping oxygen-rich blood all around and the chemical reactions, osmosis, diffusion, all these beautiful things that occur in the body that happen right away. When I inhale, it goes in all the way down to my toes. It comes right back up and carbon dioxide comes out. When you don't do that regularly, you start dying internally. Your lungs don't produce as much capacity of oxygen. Friday... A gentleman came in, in his 30s. He wants to lose weight. I said, you're going to do a 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 for me. That's it. 
50 jumping jacks, 40 mountain climbers, 30 bodyweight squats, 20 push-ups, 10 burpees. And I'm going to time you. And I wanted to show him the reality of you're not so strong that you think you are. You are overweight, but you can't just jump into a training program full head. It took him 12 minutes to do. And when we got to the squat part, he started getting lightheaded. Hmm. So I already knew this and I know how to gauge an intensity level because he wasn't wearing his my zone heart rate monitor. At every 30 second point, I kept saying zero to 10, where are you at? Zero to 10, where are you at? So RPE scale, rate of perceived exertion. So from zero to 10, if I say, Manny, where are you at? I'm at a five. Okay, 50%, I keep going. Manny, where are you at? Seven, you're 70. Okay, keep going. Manny, where are you at? I'm at a nine. Okay, chill, sit down, lift your legs up, lie your head back, let the blood go back to your head because you're creating blood pooling and there's blood pooling of blood going in the legs, in the chest, having to go from legs, chest, blood to the brain, back, the muscles are saying, I need oxygen, bro. Your heart and lungs are saying, I can't provide it to you. Okay, shut down the brain and pass out. <laughs> that's a natural that's response. What, that's what happens. And that's what happens. Or people don't eat. They're hypoglycemic. Their blood glucose level is low. They come in. They're doing a hard workout. All these people who fast, but they started their fast at 7 o'clock at night the night before. They go to the gym at 9 you've been fasting all day you're gonna pass out yeah or they eat too close to the workout their metabolism can't break down the food we all know when food's in your gut your body takes all the blood to the midsection to pick up and get those nutrients yeah now you're saying no go back to the legs go to the chest and back for the workout the brain goes way too much shit's going on i'm gonna shut you down the fact that we're looking at Medication is it important to know what they're on? 100%. Because if I can say to someone, do you like taking those medications? No. Would you like to get better at removing or quitting them? Yes. We have some steps in place to put in place. But they have to have a want and a need, man. It goes back to the mental preparation. And I told this guy, I said, brother, I don't mean to be rude and all, but I'm more excited than you. <laughs> like, I'm excited and I'm pumping you up and... and and I kind of want this more than you. And then I paid attention to his body language. And I recognized that he doesn't mentally believe he can do this. I do because I've seen it. It's my job. It's like someone who's an entrepreneur. You take Grand Cardone, like that National Geographic thing they did. We're going to give you 100 bucks, make it a million. He believes he can. Yeah. Someone that's overweight, that's unhealthy, that is not living a good lifestyle, doesn't believe in themselves or in the process. They and won't. that's why there's no excitement. So when you know you're not excited to exercise and when you know you're spending 12 hours bricklaying, doing masonry, whatever your job is, pay the bloody money and get someone to help you. It's, so, it's a simple process. Why do you go to a dentist when your teeth are busted and they're cavity full? Why do you go to the mechanic when your engine's making a noise? Go to a bloody coach. Everybody does it. Everyone needs a coach. Let's Everybody. Talk, let's talk about injuries, Dimitri. I know that we really didn't touch upon the other shows there, and I don't think I wanted to because 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds. It's not as much. It's not as much. That's why. But, it, but in your, your 40s. Bones and tendons can take a lot more load yeah. of incorrect posture, movement, 20, 30. 40s are when injuries start kicking it, and they start saying, if you don't fix me now... 
I will become extremely chronic in the in, when you're older, or I will just break down. I used to remember when I was in 20s, I would cut myself and have a, a cut of some sort. Mm-hmm. I would heal dramatically fast, and I would joke that I'm like I feel like I'm Wolverine. But Better now immunity, when I cut white myself, blood cells, yeah, I cut myself in my 40s. It takes a long time to heal, even when we train. Same thing. Huh? I do legs on a Monday, Thursday. I'm still feeling it. I'm like, this is weird. I used to be ready to go Wednesday. So what's going Cold. on there? Well, the body's ability to react and to repair is less. Okay. Okay. Sleep is one of the big ones. We're tired. We're not sleeping as much. People who sleep six hours, it's not enough. Yeah. Now, can you get eight? It's kind of what's hard the ideal seven? because you know seven is good okay quality of sleep is important six hours of REM sleep REM is much better than 10 hours of garbage sleep yeah but when you're looking at sleep you're looking at pre and post sleep before you go to bed are you on your phone with screens and lights in your face are you reading are you reading the bible are you reading something educational are you spending time talking to your spouse so that helps nourishment People, how do I say this without being rude? People are so lost and completely demented when they think a healthy day is, I sometimes miss breakfast. I have a chicken and salad for lunch. And then I'll have a dinner with some salad and a piece of meat. No. (laughs) Your, Your day requires protein throughout the day dispersed in little amounts why because you're breaking down muscle tissue in the gym or at home so without that additional protein with those amino acids to work on rebuilding you can't l-glutamine helps out with recovery time fish oils with your joint so we talked about sleep we talked about food supplementation we talk about overtraining some people don't get it and they go to the gym and they'll do the same bloody workout over and over again so the muscles are being so stressed up, they can't heal. Age is kicking in, bro. Your body just cannot heal the same way it used to. Why? You're not doing no self-myofascial release. You're not foam rolling. You're not removing lactic acid that's stuck in your legs, which is a waste product from squatting. Your legs are sore the next day? Good. Shut up. You should be happy. <laughs> if they're not sore, then you're not feeling nothing. Yeah. But if they're sore... Go get a massage, take a hot bath, put ice on your knees, elbows, wrists. If you know you're in your 50s, 60s, 40s, and you know that your shoulders and knees are bad, when you go for a work, when you go home, throw a little ice pack on them. Work on that in case there's inflammation. If your muscles are sore for two or three days after, take a hot, warm bath. Relax the body. They're in spasm, right? And also work on having a mixture of exercise and then meditative exercise because you can't smash the weight so hard in your 40s and 50s and 60s without having a release yeah and now that release can be yoga meditation walking cardio you know foam rolling it's such a beautiful experience and a lot of massage therapists are pissed because the world is able to do so much more with a ball, a lacrosse ball, and a foam roller than you can with a massage therapist. <laughs> it's right there for you. Okay, but Dimitri, what if we 
hurt ourselves to the point where we're incapacitated for like a week or so. We can't even walk or something. So we can't we can't touch the gym anymore. And the I first like thing, how you brought this up then. I mean, the first thing that's going to happen is, are you as a person, especially in their 40s, am I going to revert right back to my old ways and just start to binge, eat, be poor about it? Because And I'm not exercising because I can't physically exercise. So you we need to live our lives with data-driven decisions. Yeah. You're in your 40s, okay? My forearms over the last three months have been hurting so bad anytime I do any arm movement. I've already had PRP injections in both my right elbow because I've had a golfer's elbow and tennis elbow. Why? I'm an ectomorph. I'm not built to be lifting these big weights. My arms and shoulders overpower my forearm strength, so somebody's got to give. But recently... Because I'm feeling these pains, I said, okay, I'm going to be smart about it. Call my doctor, book an ultrasound. I'm going to find out what's up versus waiting a month, two months, still training, going through the motions, tearing more fibers, making it worse. Listen to your body. Stop taking medications because taking medications will mask the pain. And then after a while, the medication will confuse your nerves from understanding if there's pain or not. And your body won't produce those signals. So you're popping Advil's all day, Tylenol's. I never understood that. Your I... body's response, receptors, when there's pain, the body goes, hey, you're hurt? Okay, perfect. I'm going to send a signal up to the brain. Let me go talk to this guy. Hey, we're hurt. But that's the medical profession. I never understood that. Okay, Mask you're going to keep taking pills? Okay, so I go back to the pain, pain injury and I give that chemical, ibuprofen, whatever it is, to the area. The area goes, you're basically putting tape over my mouth. I'm not going to talk no more. So now that signal's not working. You keep taking the pills. There's no more pain. You stop taking the pills. Something tears. We got to listen to our bodies and we need to remember that your ego should sit back and you should look at where you are. When you're 40, 50 and you have knee pain, I guarantee you it's been bugging you for years. You may be going bone to bone now. Mm. You may have a tendon that's on its last string. Mm. And when you don't know about it, you're going to rip it. Yeah. So I would rather go pay for a private doctor, get an ultrasound done, get an MRI done, know my issue. And then again, go pay a physio, go pay a chiro, go pay a trainer to work on that area. But when things are bugging you and it breaks my heart to hear a 40-year-old or 50-year-old in my age group say, oh man, I wish I could work out, but my back, I hurt my back years ago and I can't. I want to slap them right in the face and say, really? So you're going to go from 40 to 80 and make that be worse because you're afraid to fix it? Yeah. Go get a coach to teach you how to squat properly with a can of tuna. Learn with something light and then build up. Think about it. You're in your 40s. You're potentially going to live to 80. Yeah. You want to spend the next half of your life with a pain that you could actually resolve? Or you're going to live till 80 with horrible pain. quality, man. Yeah. And there was a lady who came in two days ago. I'm not going to say her name. I hope she listens to this podcast because she's going to realize that I am a savior to her. Her shoulders were so tight that not only was it giving her cervical pain going through her fingers, but 
it was giving her low back pain. And it was only because she has such tight chest and shoulders from being on a laptop, from sitting all day, where I asked her to do a wall arm slide assessment and she couldn't even put her back and her hips on the wall because every time she would turn her forearms up, her hips would come off. The body's basically trying to help you get this range by changing this posture. So I go to her, forget losing weight, senora. We got to fix your bones and your joints. And her response was, I got to think about it. Really? So this is what blows my mind. And it's like, okay, you got to think about it. What? And I'm the type of guy who I'm not going to put pressure on you. I'll ask you questions to make you actually think about it and say, what sort of think about? You have upper cross syndrome. You're starting to get lower cross syndrome where your pelvis starts to uh, have a tilt where when you look at someone, their bottom of their pelvis doesn't open up wide. They don't have that natural curve, that nice posture. They round. It looks like they're standing and their bum is curved in. Yeah. And I'm like, your skeleton's breaking down here and you don't have the natural range of motion. You're 58. And I revert back to my mom again. My mom's 74 and her, her posture is amazing. So do you want to live a life of poor quality and fear and regret because you're too worried about taking action or spending money? Spend it. We need to have decisive lifestyles. There's a problem. Think about what you want to do. Do it. Make a decision. Do it quick. If you bought a trainer and you got shitty results, okay, you learn. That trainer didn't work. If you want to invest in a business and you your money crashed, okay, you learn. You learn quick. But when you wait and you wait and you wait, you self-sabotage and now your brain starts talking to you and starts saying, you can't do this, Manny. You're just born to be overweight. And you'll listen. You'll yeah, hear it. You'll listen. Is her situation preventable? Or totally. She can go back and... Bro. Yeah. ATWIs. I'm sitting at the edge of my seat. I'm arching my back, my hands are to my side, my thumbs are out. I'm externally rotating my wrists, I'm sticking my chest out, and I'm holding a postural movement called the A's and spinal hygiene. Yeah. I'm holding this. The next one, hands to my side, arms pushing backwards, and I can feel my muscles. It's just like standing up and opening your hands backwards. If she did that every day or anyone, five minutes a day, three, four times, you will increase your spinal posture because it's like pulling elastic bands and you're making them work if the muscles are soft and loose your body just protrudes forward yeah so it's all reversible but again do people want to put the time and i've seen people who have beautiful gardens beautiful homes beautiful this that but they don't want to put time and energy into their body there's a lack of respect somewhere and One thing my wife taught me is you can't and you won't be able to, and I keep fighting on this, you won't be able to change everybody. No. Because people need to want it. And the more we try to push you and the more we try to tell you, if inside of you it's not a burning desire to change, that person will just fail. It's a mindset. Yeah. One last thing I want to just discuss before we wrap up this one for the 40-year-olds is... um, should we be concerned about having uh, that constant increase of vitamin D, vitamin C? Like we just 
What other supplements? I know you mentioned oils, the uh, fish oils. oils. Super important, right? Super important. Because you're, you're getting older, your joints, your arthritis. Glucosamine sulfate and chondritin is what I take for my joints. Okay. I take two or three a day. It's it's a natural. Um, you can buy it anywhere in the stores. Cartilage, shark cartilage. MSM is something you can get yep. as well, yep. which helps with joints. But we got to be real, and we got to realize that if our body's breaking down and we're not getting younger... Well, we can look at different things and, you know, fasting has been shown to increase autophagy, your body's natural ability to recycle dead cells and dead tissues in your body. So there's a certain level of fasting that's good for you. But if you're fasting and you're binging, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you're doing a job which requires manual labor and you're not supplementing yourself with things that can help you get better, you're just doing yourself more damage. So we have to understand that supplementation is going to be a little bit more important as you're getting older. Rest, healing your joints is going to be more important, but also the fact of investing in your body. You're 40, damn it. You've been around for 40 years. Your heart's been stressed out. Cortisol production is high in 40 and 50-year-olds compared to 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And why do you think men struggle with so much inflamed midsections, they have high cortisol production. You need things to remove you from stress. So Steve Jobs was the best because he had all his business meetings and most of his negotiations walking and talking to people. <laughs> he was known for walking yep. and doing business To get deals. to the next point. That's it. All right, Dimitri. That's it. That's a good one, man. Everybody, reach out to him again. That would be the 40-year-olds out there, guys. That's it. Uh, At Dimitri Giancoulis on Instagram. That's it. So, well, it's www.puremotivationfitness.com. Dimitri at puremotivationfitness.com. Two Instagram handles, Dimitri Giancoulis, and then also puremotivationfitness.com. And one last thing before we cut out for this episode, sure. especially for the 40, 50-year-olds. When you're stuck... And when you're unsure and when you got pains and when you know your body's in a jam, just like when you know your business is in a jam, your marriage is in a jam, your relationship with your kids is in a jam, if people are offering something free, I offer a free 15-minute discovery call. Why? I don't think I should ever charge someone for my service unless I give them service or I listen, I try to help. So when, when we offer it and I offer it, and people are afraid to take action for something as free as a phone call, you're limiting your ability to succeed because your self-limiting beliefs is, is making you not take action to yeah. make a phone call. Yeah. So even if someone calls and they want to learn about their body or their health and they stop themselves, you got to sit and really ask yourself, what am I hiding from? It's a phone call. They're hiding from the truth. 100%. A lot of people don't want to hear the truth. You got to so we got to hear that. That's how you. That's how you achieve change. Right. That's it, man. That's it. All right. Great. That's episode. it for this one. This was a good one. This is a great See one. See you guys in the next one.